Let's bow our heads in prayer. Grant, Lord, that I might not speak with plausible words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and your power, that our faith might not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In tonight's gospel lesson from Luke chapter 2, we have what are arguably some of the most beautiful and beloved words, not only in the Bible, but in all literature, in all the history of mankind. I, I mean, can you think of any words that are more beloved than, you know, the, the tale of the enrollment? Caesar's sending out, when Quirinius is governor of Syria, and he, he, he calls uh, his people, he's ordering it all so that Jesus is going to be right where the prophet Micah said he would be when he was born. He's arranging that. I mean, Caesar thinks he's in charge, but he's not. I mean, we, we read of there being no room for them in the inn. We read of the child being laid in the manger. We read of the angelic annunciation to the shepherds. Fear not, for I bring you good news of a great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we love it. We love it. And it blesses us. And what St. Paul is doing in tonight's lesson is telling us something of what it means. There's this birth that changed the world. You know, Mimi and I were, I was talking with Mimi about tonight and struck me because we had been, she had earlier today said, can you imagine being all those folks that we know out there, friends, family, beloved, who celebrate Christmas, who give gifts, who even enjoy this time of year and have no clue about what's going on or why, or, or they even reject it. They still enjoy the season, and I think, and I, it, the thought hit me. A little baby boy born to an obscure Jewish couple in an obscure village, in an obscure corner of the empire, that birth is still being celebrated by multitudes all around the world. Sometimes even people who don't know why they're celebrating, they just know it's Christ Mass. Why? I mean, this profound effect that this birth has had on humanity, and St. Paul tells us in, in, in Titus chapter 2, for the first 10 verses, he's giving, uh, he's giving ethical instructions to this church uh, through Titus on here's how you behave, here's what you should do, here's how you should live with one another to be faithful and a good witness to the surrounding world. And then he tells you why and what the source of it all is. So he goes for those 10 verses, and then in verse 11, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. 
Now, today, Father TJ mentioned that over these last two weeks, we've had verses. And by the way, uh, much as I hate to admit this, he was absolutely right. Um, there were, we've had these two verses that ought to be on our lips and in our minds all the time. A couple weeks ago, he must increase, I must decrease. And then today, you know, it was, uh, what was today was, you said, be it unto me. I keep having to behold the handmaid of the Lord. I've got it in the King James. Be it unto me according to your word. It's interesting, isn't it, that the first thing, that the Cain of Galilee, when he does his first sign, it begins with her telling the, the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Be it unto me according to your word. And then tonight, I'd love to have this on our lips at all times too, but the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. The grace of God has appeared. The grace of God, his unmerited, unearned, undeserved love, mercy, favor, forgiveness, power, and strength to wicked, stupid, foolish, undeserving sinners. His grace has appeared. The Greek is epiphane, and it's the word related to our word epiphany. Epiphanomai is, is the, the verb, and this is a form of it here. Epiphane means uh, to make manifest, to make visible, to make clear, to show forth. The grace of God has been made clear, has been shown forth, has been made known. And it was used, this was, as I, as I got ready for today, it was used of, particularly, of God, inter, his interposition into human affairs, his stepping in to human affairs, his doing stuff, reaching in and doing stuff among people. Right? And it was also used of something, I love this, showing up suddenly on the scene. Isn't that wonderful? It's just suddenly God is stepping in He's suddenly showing up on the scene, making himself known and showing up suddenly on the scene. And it was used, and I may love this even more, it was used of the dawning of light in the darkness. The dawning of light in the darkness. This infant son is God being made manifest. It's his grace, his undeserved favor being made manifest. It's God suddenly showing up on the scene. It's God stepping into human affairs. And it's the light shining in the darkness. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning and all things were made through him and not anything was made that was made apart from him. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hear that? This is the light of the world, breaking in 
to the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and here we are 2,000 years later, and the darkness has not overcome it. Beloved, I have to tell you that when I hear the stats about what trouble the church is in, it's kind of hard for me to be depressed about that. And I'll tell you why. On any given Sunday here at St. Andrews, a third or more of the people here are under 12. Uh, Some of my children attend Holy Cross Orthodox Church. Standing room only. Young families. Young families. Some others of my children, it's a funny background. It's probably their father's fault. (laughs) Attend um, Mount Calvary, which is an ordinariate, Anglican ordinariate church in Baltimore. Again, standing room only. Young families. Three different traditions, packed out churches, young families, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Years ago, years ago, many years ago, a group of smart young executives at the BBC went into the office of one of the higher ups with a great idea for a documentary on the death of the church not knowing that this particular executive was also a Christian. Wiser, older man, he heard these young Turks out and they gave their pitch and he said, they finished and he said, gentlemen, the church of Jesus Christ will stand on the grave of the BBC. (laughs) The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Now, some translations say, for the salvation of all men, and that's, that's fine, that's, that's good. But the Greek is a more active construction. Not just for the salvation, it's, it's bringing salvation. That grace, that baby, that God is active. He does stuff. Don't just declare salvation, he, done, he does things. He comes bringing salvation to mankind. And salvation, biblically, folks, is a big word. Soteria means rescue, forgiveness, healing, being made whole, and it's all those things. Salvation is a big word, and it's big here in this passage. He comes bringing salvation to all men, and we learn that in that salvation, we're redeemed from all our iniquities. That's what it says. We're redeemed from all our iniquities. We're we're bought out of slavery to sin. We're forgiven. The price is paid. A ransom, redemption. The price is paid. We're forgiven, and not only that, we're bought out from slavery to it. This is the child who in his exodus will save us from slavery to sin and death. This is the one. He will redeem us from all our iniquities. He gave himself to redeem us from all iniquity and to purify for himself, to cleanse. 
It's the Greek word we get cathartic from. It's, it's he's going to clean us. He's going to cleanse us where we were filthy before. He's going to forgive us. The blood of Christ washes us clean. And again, beloved, that is active. It isn't just that we're declared clean, though we are. Those plans of salvation which reduce it to that are not fully biblical. We are declared clean, and then he makes us clean. It's both. I forgive you. I'm making you new. I'm making you new. I'm going to change you from the inside out. You will be different. (laughs) C.S. Lewis said, God is like the dentist. C.S. Lewis said, I hated going to the dentist. My, when I, I wouldn't tell my parents I had a toothache because I knew they'd take me to the dentist. And the dentist would fix the pain. But unfortunately, a good dentist will not let sleeping teeth lie. He'll dig around in there and look for, until it's perfect. Why? Because he's a good dentist. God will not let the sleeping sins lie. He'll just dig around in there and keep working us. <laughs> he's still working. Purify for himself a people zealous for good works. So this grace of God appears, bringing salvation. It says, training us. The Greek word is sometimes translate instructing, teaching. But it was the one that was used of training up a child in the way they should go. It's, it's the Greek word that means not just teaching them stuff, but training, disciplining, encouraging you know, I just keep moving. Yes, that's the right way. It, you, it, as a parent, you know. Good teacher, you know. It's, it's all of the above. That's this Greek word, paiduomai. Paideia is a, a, pie, a is a child. Paideia is nurturing them up. It's training us to renounce ungodliness. The word means irreverence. Not taking God seriously. Dismissing it. Saying no to treating him with respect, teaching us to renounce, deny, say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, lusts, things that we shouldn't want, and to live sober or sensible is another word, or wide awake lives, you know, self-controlled lives, righteous, godly lives in this present age, awaiting his coming. In other words, beloved, the grace of God has appeared in Bethlehem of Judea, bringing salvation to us. In him, we're forgiven for sin. So salvation has a past tense. I was saved. I'm being saved. Right now, he's purifying me. He's at work in me, and I I know... And this is going to be going on until the Lord calls me home. I honestly think the longer you're a Christian, the more you realize how much work he has to do. Um, but that's okay, because he's doing it. And I will be saved when this little one comes again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
And that song, hear the angels that they're singing on the morning of his birth, but how much greater will the song be when he comes to rule the earth? This grace of God, which brings salvation, changes lives. Christmas makes a difference. And as I prepared for tonight, I told Amy, I want to tell them about a young man that was in my very first youth group. Um, Bishop Steve says I'm the oldest continuous youth pastor he knows. Um, well, this young man, David, was in my very first group, and we were doing a Bible study on Jesus. Um, and uh, I think it was the first time he'd really been involved in anything like that. And one night, he and I were working on a room in the church that was being turned into a, a youth center kind of room. And we were painting it together. And it was just the two of us working in there that day. We're painting the room. And uh, David said, Phil, do you know that um, Bob, who was another guy in our youth group who had learning difficulties, and uh, he said some guys at the school were really being mean to him, making fun of him, making his life hard, uh, which is pretty pathetic, isn't it? Anyway, they were doing that to Bob, and I said, oh, gosh, Dave, that's terrible. He goes, I told him to stop. Now, that was a good thing to do. It was a very brave thing for David to do because Dave was a hemophiliac. At a fun pickup softball game, he once slid into second base and was in the hospital for two weeks just because of the bleeding. He's a bleeder. He said, I told the guy to stop. I said, well, good for you, David. He goes, he could have killed me. Now, you know how you and I might use that term? I mean, a guy could have belted me, he could have killed me. No, he actually could have killed David. He could have killed me. Well, I'm glad you did it, though, Dave. We went back to painting, and then he said, you know, it may sound funny, but the more we study the Bible, the more he got to know Jesus, he said, the more likely I am to do something like that. Because you see, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Even David. Even you and me. And Christmas changes everything. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.